Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Huskies on Tap. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We're going to break down the Eastern Michigan game. The Huskies lost the game 41-33. to The final game of this football season, putting an 0-6 stamp and a, a certain stink, but not as big of a stink as everybody is making it seem. This team has a very bright future. Break that down here in this episode, and then we'll kind of lay out our plans for the future. But Ethan, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. It's good to be back. Obviously, it's a tough loss to come off of. It's 0-6. It's not the season we wanted. We touched on that. But like you said, there's a lot to look forward to with this football team, and it's starting right now. We get ready for 2021. Yeah, and they showed a lot of fight there at the end of the game. They started to come back, and you know they ended up only losing the game by eight points. But it was a game that they went down 10 early. kind of had that feel like, oh my goodness, we're going to go ahead and get blown out. Like This is not what we had in store for the last game of the season. But the offense was able to rally. They kicked somewhat of like an onside kick where they just, you know, uh, John Richardson just popped it off one of the Eastern Michigan players. They were able to recover that. But the offense showed great things. And then, too, Harrison Whaley had another over 100-yard game. And then Fletcher came in and had 11 carries for 63 yards as well. Yeah, so that's very interesting. Something that we both kind of were talking about with Ross Bowers and Dustin Fletcher. But Ross Bowers really balled out on Saturday, 22 of 37, 221 yards and three touchdowns. And Obviously, for him to put together the best game of the season on the last game of the season, you know, obviously he's it's been a tough season for the entire offense. But for him to be able to put together that kind of game on his last game is, is something good to see as he and or exits Northern Illinois with the with obviously not the best season. But to go out, you know, with that game is, is big for him. I'm not going to assume. I don't know if he's staying or going. I do know, however, Kyle Pugh will be staying for another year. And then Daniel Crawford will be making his decision here in the near future. So a lot of decisions to be made about this team going forward. But one thing I asked about uh, Dustin Fletcher in the press conference was, you know, we've seen him in all these run fits. We've seen him in these read options and these QB draws and these QB runs. 
can he pass the ball is you know or is he a quality passer obviously he can pass the ball but is he is he as good of a passer as he is runner because we've only really seen him run and coach hammock had nothing but great things to say about dustin fletcher but he did say part of the reason why most of the run fits have been for fletcher is because of his surgery that he had on his wrist and he also kind of attributed that to the fumble that he had last week so a lot of stuff working against dustin fletcher but he still came out on top and was able to put together some good games and was kind of like a firework or like a little spark for that offense at times to move the sticks and just keep the you know keep the offensive flow going for the game yeah that's something we both touched on during the game too it's just that he gave that little bit of energy to the offense and I think it kind of brings light to a new conversation especially if Russ decides not to come back next season on which quarterback or what kind of quarterback competition we're going to see between Andrew Haydett and even Connor Neville coming up too and then Justin Fletcher as well. So three guys in the mix that are probably going to end up competing for that starting spot next year if Ross doesn't come back. Dustin obviously making an impact right away. And obviously with the wrist surgery, with the wrist surgery being an impact, it'd be interesting to see what he does come the off season and what, you know, where his wrist is. And geez, I know what wrist surgery is like. It's not, not a, not a quick process to recover from, especially at the quarterback position. So very interesting, uh, conversation to have going into the offseason to see what will next year will be like but Dustin really came in and like you said brought that little bit of energy and uh was able to move the ball down the field and another guy that you mentioned Harrison Whaley just improving every week and two straight weeks over 100 yards like you talked about he runs hard he runs hard and and like coach Hammock said last week he's going to be the best running back in the MAC. Yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Kyle Q led the way with nine tackles. Dylan had seven. Dylan Thomas, Jordan Hansen as well with seven, and, and Jordan Gandy with five. But it was one of those things where we talked about it was going to be uh, an interesting matchup with the quarterback, Preston Hutchinson. And, the, you know, they held him under 300 yards. He had 242 on the day, but they were able to run the ball for 131 yards, and they were able to move the stick. So it was... It's kind of one of those games. There was sometimes during the games or sometimes during the game where, you know, we need a score and typical to what's been going on for the rest of the season, third and fourth quarter, we're not able to score. And then we somehow at the end of the game are only down by, what is it, eight points and eight seconds left. I made sure to ask Coach Hammock about it because Tyrese Ritchie, you know, caught the pass and he ended up running out of bounds. So... He ran out of bounds as the clock expired. They had only called one play for that specific opportunity, and they were trying to do some, like, backyard BS, you know, kind of like hook and ladder type play. They did not have two plays called there, but after looking at it, it's kind of like Richie caught the ball with a lot of space. He probably could have gotten out of bounds, but with that being, you know, learning that after the fact changes the way I feel about that play. Obviously, in my position, as much as Coach Hammock would have gotten mad at me if I was out there, I probably would have ran out of bounds and given us one more shot from closer. But hey, there's a reason why I'm talking on a microphone and not out there in Ypsilanti, Michigan, playing for the Huskies. Yeah, can we talk about the play that that followed? Because it's a really bad personal foul call. Horrible. Yeah, and Coach Hammock, he he, uh, he started to answer a question about that, and then he did not finish answering it just basically showing you how frustrated he was about that call it's kind of a flop i remember he did say the word flop so 
it is what it is. The team has got to do a better a better job at putting themselves in a good position to win football games and not be down late in the game. Like you said, you know, they were able to run the ball with Harrison Whaley. Aaron Collins, I believe, scored a touchdown and he was able to run, you know, pretty well. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you, when you're getting guys like Tyrese Ritchie involved week in and week out, one of the best receivers in the MAC, he went for seven for 71. And Daniel Crawford, who for whatever reason, they don't throw his way more. He seems to produce every time he gets the ball. And he, he ended the day with four for 48. So good game from the receiving core and, you know, the, the playmaking room. And it's just one of those unfortunate things that they weren't able to find a way to manufacture 14 more points. It almost seems like the weird thing that happened this season. We kind of touched the first half of the season was on how good this defense was being and how well they were keeping this this NIU team close and in football games and it seemed like the last three weeks things kind of switched like the offense finally started to find their rhythm a little bit and get their get their stuff together and then the defense just kind of started to fall apart a little bit so you know I think that that was really just the case this season of that team really didn't get 100 percent and I think that if this six game season was a full season there would have been a different result had we played six more games you know I think with a full off season, with with a chance to really get together and get stronger in the in the weight room, this team is going to be really good in 2021. So yeah, I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's one of my final points from the press conference. Is I don't remember who who asked the question or what the question was, but Coach Hammock said, you know, part of the reason why we're not as strong with tackling is, you know, we're a smaller team. We got to get bigger in the weight room talked about good nutrition plans and, you know, protein shakes, all that kind of bulking the guys up. He's like, we got guys out there that are 180 pounds that we need to be 200 pounds. So you, you kind of get what he's saying with that, with some of the younger guys are freshmen. Obviously they haven't been at a college for a few years to where you are, you know, you have that advantage of the college nutritional program. So right that's now. What I was say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. You got how many freshmen in there? especially with the weird year not being able to be fully in the facility and weird weird guidelines and things like that I think you know given everything goes as, as well as it's going right now with you know vac- or vaccines and, and things like that and protocols I think things are going to look a lot, a lot brighter for this team you're going to get I, I can't wait to hear the stories of guys that like you like coach Hammock that are 180 right now that you know, we'll put up to, to 205, 210 come next football season. And they're going to get stronger. They're going to get faster. And I just like Harrison Whaley is just going to be a guy that's just going to get faster and stronger during this offseason. And if he's already made an impact like he has this year, his sophomore season is just going to be even better. Yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about with Nick Routine. Nick Routine was able to gain all that weight in the offseason, put on about 20 pounds of muscle. And that's just, you know, part of that's the cost of doing business as a you know D1 college athlete. You know, if, if you're if you need to cut weight or add weight or however, it's just cost of doing business. And with this team getting a full year of eligibility extra on top of this, and they will be able to say they played six games together to build that chemistry. This team will get better. And one thing, one of the main points I remember from the press conference is Coach Hammock said there will be 11 starters back on defense. So everyone returns on defense, which I know there was some growing pains. I know there was probably about 60 40 negative positive this year that team has a lot of talent and if they can find a way to limit the mistakes make better tackles in open space and just kind of get better as a unit they will be a force to be reckoned with in the mac yeah now don't get me wrong like obviously the last three games were were a struggle but there was still a lot of positive takeaways from these last three football games they were able to stop the run 
really well in these last three football games. I think they were really able to stop the run pretty well all season. So, like you said, I think one thing that a big takeaway going forward was open space tackling, and we got to get better at that. We got to break down and get get stronger. That's one thing that I've said every week now was a was an issue and something that needed to get better. And it did. It did get better, but it also comes down to those guys being stronger. Now, yes, and we say stronger, but, you know, don't get us wrong. Anyone on the team can outlift us with, like, one arm. So, it, you know, we, we're just right. saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From a football, from a football, from a football standpoint, standpoint, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, sitting here thinking they're like, damn, bro, I definitely cannot lift as much as they do. Because I saw, I don't know if you saw the video they cut last week, but they were, they're throwing around some heavy weight. So, definitely something they're working on. And, and that's something that, you know, we've known people, I've lost a lot of weight or I've been able to put on weight. It's something that takes time. And those guys trust the the coaching and the players around them. I think they will, you know, they'll be back next year. Like we talked about on the last episode, I don't know if next year will be the MAC championship year, but with a full season and a full off season, you can expect this team to play in one of the, you know, MAC tie-in bowl games with at least a record of six and six, or at least competing for a record of six and six in the last game of the season. Yeah, a very strong non-conference schedule. I know we've talked about it. I believe next year is Michigan. I think we believe, or I believe we see them. So very, very interesting non-conference schedule and. I've said it before, you're able to hold your own against six very good conference teams, and you're obviously going to see a lot more in a full full slate of schedule. But I think really you're, you're going to compete with these teams again next season. Buffalo is going to be back. Buffalo is going to be just as good. Western Michigan, same thing. Teams like that that you're able to hold your own against, but obviously falls short. Central Michigan is a team that is probably going to be a dominant team for quite some time, and NIU is going to get to that level eventually. But the one thing about the MAC, and we've touched on it, is that it's just like a rotation of who is at the top. Like Buffalo and Boy or Buffalo and Ball State, I never would have seen Ball State making their way to the top. So that's the one thing that's good about the MAC is just like how different it can be year in and year out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So Ball State making it out of the MAC West to the title game was one of the biggest surprises out of the MAC this year. Obviously, Buffalo came in as the odds-on favorite. I had Central Michigan as a uh, like a dark horse uh, pick, obviously, based on the gambling odds. And they ended up losing to Toledo by one yesterday. But they had Khalil Pimpleton out there throwing passes. He wasn't in the game completely, but he did come in and play quarterback for a little bit. And then Ball State was down 27-13 uh, to 13 going into the fourth quarter, somehow able to find a way to win the football game. They, they win the fourth quarter 17 to nothing. And I don't know, did you see, I think you were the one that showed me. Oh, yeah. That Western oh, Michigan yeah, was, play, the band was on the field, the team was on the field, the, the coaches, the, the players. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was Sky and Moore that ended up running that one in. And what a crazy way to end the game. But I think it got called back for an illegal forward pass. So wild finish to get Buffalo against Ball State in the championship instead of Western Michigan, which I know we didn't do pick them for the last two weeks. We had a lot going on. That's kind of on us. We're idiots for that. We had a pretty good record, I think, between the two of us going. And we'll just call the bet off. I'll do the dishes. You do the dishes. We're good. But I was, we were sitting there watching the game. Uh, we had a couple games on, obviously, NIU on the big screen. But to watch Western Michigan just crumble that game, and then they crumbled the week before against Eastern Michigan, it's like, they're a young team too, but they have played with a lot of leads or in like those real back and forth games. It's been a weird season for Western Michigan. I feel like Buffalo will probably roll. Hopefully we get a good game uh, on Friday, but 
the Mac has just been so insane this year. It's been so much fun to watch, so much fun to cover. Yeah, Western Michigan, I, you mentioned them. We Another team that we really were talking a lot about going into this season, and another team that started off really hot and then, like you said, crumbled. And that was a team that I was really high on going into this Mac season and another team that we talked about on the team free or the season preview that was going to be a very good football team. And to see that, to see Ball State go down and beat them and come back, it was good. I think it's good to see. It's good to see another team get in there. And I don't really expect Ball State to give Buffalo really a good game. I think Buffalo will be the better team here. But really, I think it will be a good football game. It's just going to be Buffalo's just going to run the ball too well for him. Dude, how about that? Western Michigan, the last two seasons, all they had to do was win in the last week last year and win in the last week this year, and they're in the MAC championship. Last year, we beat them at Husky Stadium, and this year, they lose to Ball State. Like, that is so funny to me. Like, you hate to see it for them right there on the cusp of greatness, but just getting the door slammed right in their face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a a team that NIU was able to compete against, and like I said, you're seeing a lot of good teams go through this MAC the max slate and NIU is competing with them. It's just, they were a few steps short. They were a few touchdowns short, a few drives short, whatever it may be next year. They're going to fine tune these missing pieces and get together. And I really do think 2021 will be a much better season. And there's a lot to look forward to. And I wouldn't jump ship on this football team just yet. Absolutely not. There's a, a very bright future for this team. A lot of young talent. We saw you know, the emergence of so many great young freshmen and they're gaining an extra year of eligibility on top of the, you know, recruiting class that Coach Hammack is building. So it's going to be one of those things where you just got to continue to build off. I know there's not too many positives to find in an 0-6 season, but the coaches will find them and they will identify them. And the team will also, when they look back at film, see some of the stuff that they got better at over the season. But yeah, I'm the best part about it is that it's over and we're on to the recruiting season. We're on to the workout and, you know, training in the off season routine. It, it is what it is. The team is 0-6. Ethan, for this last final game, who do you have for your players of the game? I'm going to stick with Ross. I mean, if it's his last football game, he, he went out really well. And I think just through a tough season of, of all the critics and, and no matter what, he was able to just go out and find, like you said, the positives each week and find what he needed to do to get better and improve on. And he did just that week in and week out. He got better and was able to capitalize on a really good last football game. And like I said, if it's, if it's the end of his NIU career, we, you know, we wish him the best. We know he's going to be a father here coming soon and we wish him the best going there. So I'm going to take him as my offensive pick and hope that he, if he comes back, he comes back. If not, then we wish him the best. And uh, you really put in a lot of effort here at NIU and a lot of those guys that don't come back. We wish them the best. And a guy that's coming back is going to be my defensive pick, Kyle Pugh, nine tackles. Uh, the fact that he was he, he dropped the fact that he's coming back on the press conference or that Coach Hammock was able to drop that bomb. Like it just it's, it's a great feeling knowing you're getting 11 guys back on defense. You're going to get an already very talented unit back full strength next year. Let's get going. Yeah, and for me, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with another guy that could be potentially his last game in an NIU uniform. I'm going to go with Daniel Crawford. Four catches, 48 yards, and quite a few you know, first down catches to move the sticks and keep that offense rolling. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go Dylan Thomas. It was my pregame pick. He had a really good game, seven uh, total tackles, six solos. So 
that's someone that will be back, someone that has gotten better and will continue to get better. And we look forward to seeing, you know, the finished product when he's done and graduates and hopefully goes towards the NFL. Obviously, with this being the last football game of the season, this kind of changes, you know, the dynamic of things for us. We're going to be attending more basketball games and we're also going to be covering them not in the same format where it'll have a pregame and a postgame. We'll try to touch on all of the games throughout the week that happen. There's usually about two or three. So we'll get as many episodes out as possible. We'll be getting interview episodes out. And then I believe next week we'll try and let a week to let the polls settle. Ethan, I don't know if you saw the post, but we're going to be releasing polls from our Twitter page for just small like awards and stuff like that. Obviously we're not giving anything out, but just kind of polls and and consensus uh, picks for offensive MVP, freshman offensive, you know, player of the year, freshman defensive player of the year, stuff of that nature, just to kind of be, you know, shine positive light on how well some of these guys did play this season. Obviously, 0-6 does suck, so let's try and find the positives with the negatives. But Ethan, do you have anything else to wrap up here this game or the football season? I'm looking forward to our award ceremony. I'll get my suit ready. (laughs) Yeah, the award ceremony. We will definitely try and uh, try and pump that and promote that as much as possible to try and see if we can get as many votes as possible so it's fair. And then on top of that, uh, basketball played Iowa. We talked about it a little bit, a bit early, earlier in the week, and you know I don't recall even looking at the point spread. I forgot that it was even on because we were just in, in heaven watching the Bears game. And then you told me, turn on FS1, and I look at the score, and it is just so bad. So... It's tough. The the Huskies end up losing this game 103 or 106 to 53. Luca Garza goes off for 23 points, eight rebounds. It's not ideal. Number three team in the nation, though. They are six and zero, and we are zero and five. So you watched a little bit more of the game than I did. Thoughts on basketball just as a whole in this game as well? Well, I think we kind of expected this was going to be. I mean, a hard hard game for the Huskies. Iowa, the number three team, Luca Garza, one of the best players in the country. Uh, I think it's a really good challenge, though. I think anytime the, a, a smaller school like NIU can go out and play uh, a really good basketball program or a really good program in general, like it gives them obviously a chance to to evaluate themselves and just get to to really play against good competition. It gives them an opportunity to get better and, and get stronger. And this is what this basketball team needs. You know, it's obviously a rough start. We saw it in football. We talked about it on this show. It's just been a a rough start for this basketball team. They're missing, obviously, I think, in my opinion, they're missing a, a, just a, a three-level scorer, in my opinion. And it's tough to rebuild after losing a guy like Eugene German, who you really relied on to get most of your points last season. So uh, I think it's just a team that is, is finding their rhythm. And obviously another issue with this weird offseason and what they had to go through and Obviously, the the rough ending to this to what would have been a really good MAC champ or MAC tournament run and what an eventual NCAA tournament run at that point. So I'm looking forward to just getting back and seeing what this team has. I know they got one game left at home this year before we start the MAC slate in 2021. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It is the perfect team in the world to play when you're 0 and 6. Any guesses on who it is? Uh, I think when I looked it up, it was. Had to have been, I think, like Chicago State. Yeah, unless it got canceled and unless there is an update in a new game. Right now, as it stands, the next game on the schedule for the Huskies is Chicago State. And I know we've been watching as much college basketball as we can in this house, but 
Yeah, so SIU Edwardsville got canceled on Wednesday, and then they are scheduled to host Chicago State next Friday. Might actually go to that if I'm not at work. We'll see what's up. But 0-6 versus 0-5, there is no way. We are 92.4% on the win predictor on ESPN. So absolutely cannot afford to lose that game. Hey, if you're coming off a rough loss to a really good basketball team, what better way to pick themselves back up and and get the momentum going into the 2021 matching slate? So the closest margin of defeat for... Chicago State this year is 22 points against Eastern Illinois. They've gotten like 30, 40, and 50 piece to all this year. So not not a, not a really good basketball team. We got to find a way to beat them on Friday. We'll get an episode out either in the middle of the week or at the end of the week posted on Monday regarding you know how the results of the awards went. We'll give our our players of the year and stuff of that nature because we'll also have you know, choices for it as well. And then we'll we'll go ahead and recap basketball games. Uh, so it'll be it'll be fun moving forward. We'll definitely keep interviews coming. We'll get more players and coaches and stuff of that nature on. But let's give the football players a little time to breathe. A lot of these guys didn't get to see their families for a very long time. So we'll probably be about a week or two out before we get another interview or our return interview for the off season uh, series for this year. Yeah, that too, and with obviously Christmas coming up, it's it's important for these guys to see their family. So, looking forward to what 2021 has to offer. Yeah, basketball, you know, they, they're kind of rolling over into the new year in 2021 if they can find a way to be competitive in the MAC. They've only lost one game in the MAC, and these other non-conference games really don't matter as long as they're one of the eight teams that are invited to Cleveland for the MAC tournament because the format changed this year due to COVID. So it is what it is. Football, we'll keep the coverage going, recruiting coverage, all of that stuff. We'll be back. But, Ethan, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for the listeners today? It was a fun football season despite the outcome. I think we obviously got to experience a lot. We were up in the press box. We got to uh, experience the skybox to ourselves in the last home game. And it's just a, a lot to look forward to with the full slate of football hopefully next year. And obviously maybe we'll get a chance to get on the road a little bit and go into the big house next year. Hey, Michigan is reeling. Let's find a way. That would be awesome. But yeah, it was fun this year covering the football team. Like you said, you know, we were able to watch the game from the press box. Last game of the year, we got the whole skybox to ourselves. We're really taken care of nicely by the uh, NIU athletic department. Donna Turner and Joe Summons, I think it's Joe Summons is his name. They took great care of us this year. And we look forward to uh, getting out to some of these basketball games, especially once conference play really kicks off. And Getting the same type of coverage out there for the basketball teams, it just won't be we, – we can't guarantee you four or five episodes a week. It'll probably be about one or two, and hopefully, you know, they, they finally find their rhythm and start winning games because I can't take many more losses after the way the football season went and how the basketball season started. I hate that you pointed out the fact that they have not won a game since we started this, so we're looking at 0-11 right now. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. So it is what it is. We do appreciate everyone tuning in throughout the season. If you if this is your first episode, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you're at least interested enough to come back for another episode. But while you're here, don't forget to check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code ONTAP to receive 20% off your order and free shipping. But we got nothing else for you guys. We'll be back next week. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks of living left in the kitchen whipping meds. I got drinks of living left. We got London on the track. I ain't asked nothing.
up a nun, I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with the they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in heart away.